Shomra Byug. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the tiny room. Welcome back to the digital Shomra Byug. I'm the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast. And this week, I am joined by the man who, to me, is like a tribute to a kiss from a rose on the grey. It's <laughs> Benjamin Colopy. Ooh, the more you get of me, the harder it is to... I can't remember the rest of the lyric. The more I get of you, Ben, the stranger it feels. Whoa. That might actually be true in the Benjamin, context of Benjamin, a relationship. Benjamin, now that your rose is in bloom, <laughs> your light hits the gloom on the grave. Ben, for years I thought that song was a kiss from a rose on the grave. But it's not. It's a kiss from a rose on the grey. What does that mean? doesn't mean anything Ben it's by the singer-songwriter Seal it's nonsense do you know I often loved his early work one of my favorites of his is this song here very good now Ben it's 50 50 on whether I've put in crazy by Seal or the actual theme music <laughs> Or maybe Killer by Adamski featuring Seal. It might be that as well. So I can't I can't promise that. I can't promise that our normal theme music is in there. You know what I can uh, promise though, Ben? Go on. A whole slew of Marvel releases. Michael, we've been inundated with Marvel releases this week. Drowning in them. Uh, chief among them, I suppose, is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, I believe, is the best way uh, to say Shang-Chi, it. Shang-Chi, is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Would you would you stake your podcasting reputation on that? Uh, well, I think that could only be an improvement, to be honest with you. So yes, yes, I would. <laughs> are you having so a sip the... of tea, Ben? Are you having a, a sip, sip of, of tea, tea there? Or are you having a sip of coffee? Sip of sip of tea, Michael. Or are you having a sip of alcoholic adult beverage? Yes, it's all vodka. I lied. Yeah, it's all well, vodka. It gets you through the podcast, Ben. Ben Shang Chi is coming out. Shang Chi is coming out. It's, <laughs> he's doing Rumble. the man. He's a man. He's doing a kung fu. He's going to kick his dad in the head. He is. He is. Um, it looks like it looks like Michael. We're we're reimagining the Mandarin. I mean, we knew that was coming based on the short in 2011, Return of the King. Ah, uh, that was more recent in 2011, I think. Was it okay? Well, we knew that uh, Trevor or Ben Kingsley wasn't going to be the Mandarin forever, and we knew he was a bit of a sham. And Guy Pearce as the Mandarin would be a bit silly, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, well, to be honest, when he said, I am the Mandarin, I don't think anyone really believed them. They were like, are you, though? You're just an angry fireman. <laughs> you're an angry not, fireman and not the good kind. Not like a fireman who puts out fires, a man who's made of fires. Who's made of fires. Yeah. Um, so it, it looks like, Michael, what we're dealing with is kind of a a classic, oh, my dad's a real prick. I'm going to have yeah. to deal with that because I'm and- Shang-Chi. I'm going to run away and I'm going to work in Kim's convenience store for 10 years and then dad's going to be like, son, it is time for you to come back and be a criminal with me. And he's like, no, I'm going to kick you in the head instead, dad. Yeah. Kick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it's it's interesting. I think it's going to infuse an awful lot of Asian mythology into the Marvel Universe, which I'm looking forward to, Michael. There look to be some Benjamin, ancient battles there. I saw dragoons. I saw yep. uh, big lions. Big old lines. Yeah, I saw face marks and ninja guys. Yep, there's some some. I'm gonna get this wrong now. Is it a shinobi mask? No, I, I don't know. Yeah, let's go with it, Ben. I think it's gonna get me in trouble. In trouble. I don't think. He's, I think you'll be fine. He's got a cool Beijing opera mask on, Michael. He's got Very a cool good. Beijing opera mask on, and he's doing a kick, and he's doing a kick and a flip, yeah. and then there's a bus fight, and there's some flips and kicks. Yeah, um, there's gonna be a lot of flipping and kicking. 
It looks like they're going to do Speed, Ben. They're going to do the film Speed. Yeah. Oh, no, the bus. But Aquafina's going to save the day. It's going to be Speed, but with Asian Americans. Aquafina does very well, doesn't she? Like, she's doesn't in everything. She? She's in everything now. She's in everything now. I mean, she seems like an intensely likeable person. Does she? I, I think so. I think she's a bit silly and a bit fun. I think she'd be a good addition to this podcast, Michael. Get her on, Ben. Give her a text. <laughs> She'll do anything, apparently. She's, she's in, in everything else. <laughs> she's in everything else. She's not being picky with her projects. Get her on the podcast, Ben. Send her an email. <laughs> At showmerbjork.com. Yeah, not for an interview, Ben. She's just going to be the third host. <laughs> the third host. The third permanent host yeah, of yeah, this yeah. podcast. Yeah, that's exactly how it's going to go. Benjamin, did you like the fact that the ten rings are now bracelets rather than rings? I think that's a nice little update, isn't it? I think that's I think that's a very clean way of going. Look, I know this. I know this stuff flew in the sixties when you couldn't think of a new idea and you wanted to just make it rings with powers in them. But we have the Infinity Gauntlet. They look very similar visually if we do this yeah. again. So yeah, yeah. we should probably I think that would be the problem. That. Everyone um, would be like, "Didn't Thanos? What? I thought they dealt with this." Yeah, I thought the Infinity Gauntlet was done. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a wise decision, Michael. I think it's a wise decision. I think it, there's a real interesting controversy. Have you heard the the controversy, Michael? You know, I love a, a controversy. There's always controversies, Ben. Is it about Simu Lee not being very attractive? Yeah, what a what a what a racist thing to say. Good old China. <laughs> Jesus, I just, I, yeah. So there's a wave of anti Simu Lee. <laughs> Kind of Simulu. response. Simulu, sorry. Simulu. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of apparently response. he's apparently he's not very attractive in China. That's tough. He's very attractive to many people, he's, Michael. He's a very yes, attractive. Ben, man. I've taken a poll of people in my life and they have all unanimously agreed that he's more attractive than me. So that guy. So I'm with China to be honest. Oh, so you heard it here on the podcast first. Mick is pro-China, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Uh, it's officially on record now. Um, ben, as they say in China, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So that's why I'm with China on this. I'm not against, I'm not with them on their genocide in um, that region. What region is it? The Uyghur region. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not with sure. them on that. I'm against it's them It's not the Uyghur thing. region. It's the Uyghur Muslims. Sorry, that yeah. was terrible. Ben, I, this is taking a very for- political turn. Well, I'm taking a firm anti-genocide stance on this podcast. That's good of you. Yeah. That's good of you. Um, as as China, we say on the podcast, genocide, no good. No good, Ben. No good. But, but Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi looks like it probably will be good. Much better kung fu theatrics than Iron Fist. Oh, do you remember when that lad just kind of waved his fists about and he was like, oh, look at my speed. And everyone was like, that's not that fast. That's not that fast. You can't really do it, can you? But he looks like he... Simu Liu, though, Ben, not a martial artist. Is he not? Because he looked no. like a martial artist. That's the good thing, isn't it? Hmm. They made him look pretty good. That's the thing, Ben. That's the rub. Therein lies the rub, as Shakespeare said, or the Chinese. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> it was one or the other. It was one or the other. Um, they, Keanu Reeves wasn't a martial artist when he did The Matrix. It's not about finding a martial artist. It's about doing good screen martial arts. It's about finding the man in the martial arts. Yes, okay, good. It's or not the about woman. the the martial arts the in, the, in the person. <laughs> it's about the person in the martial arts. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I think it looks quite good, Michael. I think it's going to be very enjoyable. It's got a bit of a Bruce Wayne vibe to it as well. It's like I was, you know, I come from a rich, wealthy background. Except it's kind of reverse because my parents are alive and I wish they weren't. Yeah, I'm going to um, kick my dad in the head. Ben, on this podcast, we will be referring to this movie as "I Want to Kick My Dad in the Head." I mean, that's good. I'm yeah. I'm on board yeah, with yeah. that. I want to kick my what? dad in the head, the movie. 
what other news, Ben? Because you have so the there list. has been there's been quite a bit of other news, Michael. Uh, we got a we got an, a, a casting announcement for Thor: Love and Thunder, um, mm. which might be my favorite Marvel title for a movie ever. It's growing on Very me good. steadily the more I hear it. Mm. Um, but who's going to be cast there? Is it's Russell Crowe as Zeus? Yeah, except in this universe, Ben, he doesn't throw lightning bolts. He throws phones at hotel concierges. Is that something that he's been accused of in the past, Michael? That's so, that's something that Russell Crowe very famously did. Oh, I didn't know that about Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe, not a great guy, apparently. Yeah, a bit of a phone thrower. He'll throw a phone at a concierge, no no bother. I thought you were going to make a racist Australian joke instead and say instead of you know lightning bolts, he threw... Empty cans of Foster's beer at people or Very something good. like that. Very good. Ben, I'll mm. tell you now, Ben, I don't want to spoil any surprises, but I'm saving all my racist Australian jokes for later on's review of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> good, good. You know I love it when you storm them up and just unleash hell. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that in itself, Michael, is not a, a spectacular piece of news. An Australian in a Thor movie is hardly news. Uh, but it does open up quite a few possibilities for one of your favourite characters, Michael, to make his kind of debut. But then you told me, I thought Hercules was going to make his debut in Thor Love and Thunder. But then you said, he's got to be a bloody Eternals. Wasn't there a rumour that he was going to be in Eternals? He might, he, might, he might do a few cameos, Michael, before he gets his own film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that would be pretty standard carry on these days. It would, it would. So maybe, maybe that's how it's going to go. Maybe we're just going yeah. to get a, a few, a few. Who do you think is going to play him, Michael? Hercules. Yeah, I don't know, Ben. I wouldn't be surprised if they surprise us with something mad. I'm still kind of hoping that um, Gilgamesh from from the Eternals also turns out to be Hercules, and they blend <laughs> together the whole gods and Eternals and Asgardians, <laughs> and they figure out a way to explain them all. Maybe Asgardians are a type of Eternals who left Earth so long ago that they've forgotten they were ever Earthlings. And found, oh, I like that. I like that. You know, I like that forgotten origin stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you do. Oh, it's you good. Go like, but we're no, from no, 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 Earth. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly, Ben. Exactly. Um, ben, did you see that the entire cast of players from the Thor movies have been scheduled to return as well? Oh, Matt, are, are they... Matt Damon is Matt Damon is going to reappear as stage Loki. Uh, Luke Hemsworth is going to reappear as stage Thor. Sam Neill nice. is going to reappear. And Ben, did you see who is rumored to have been cast as stage Hell? Hella. Tom Hiddleston. No, Melissa no. McCarthy. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> brilliant! Uh, uh, Absolutely brilliant! What an insult to Miss Kate Blanchett! Oh, leave, uh, leave it out now! Leave it out no, now! No, she's got a she's got a great sense of humor. It'll she'll be, be good. She'll be yes. fine with it. I think it will be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. If it's anything like Ragnarok, Michael, I'm down. Ragnarok, Ben, still probably my favorite Marvel film. Still probably your favorite Marvel film. It's very good. I was recently trying to rank the Marvel films. Right, and it's it's yeah. I I think it's Winter Soldier for me is still up there. I think it's I think it's still number one in my heart, Michael. Very good segue, Ben. Very number one in my heart, Michael. Do you know what isn't number one in my heart, Michael? What is it? Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, as it's now known since Episode oh. Six of the Timidity. All right. Well, you've said that before, even mentioning that what we were going to be talking about or spoilers. So that's ruined it for some people. I apologize for young Ben. He is. Oh, uh, sorry. The, the more of you get of him, the stranger you feel. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, apologies to anyone who's had that spoiled for them. Yeah, well done. Um, so it's Benjamin, Monday. anyway. Yeah. 
Anyway, Ben, in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he finally becomes the Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that was spoiled for me two weeks ago, Michael, when someone pointed out they some Christmas decoration fanatic, not unlike an, uh, an action figure fanatic like yourself, Michael. Yes, um, yes, yes. Someone pointed out they got a catalogue in for this year's offerings. Mm. Um for this year's offerings of, you know, up-to-date Christmas decorations. And in that catalogue was none other than Sam Wilson in his full Captain America gear. Ah, very good. Benjamin, to be fair, most of the um, most of the costume reveals have been spoiled by action figures. So anyone in the action figure collecting world already knew what his costume was going to look like. They knew that US Agent was going to become US Agent and get a black suit. They Big knew, old black suit. Yeah, they, the only surprise that wasn't spoiled by... Um, by action figure reveals was that the Dora Milaje were going to be in it and Countess Allegra Valentina de Fontana was going to be in it. Are they going to make an action figure out of Countess... Well... Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Benjamin, I... I am looking at my action figure shelf here and I have an action figure of Zendaya for some reason. (laughs) There she is, look. There she is. What action is she doing? Well, she doesn't appear to be doing any action. She's just sarcastically making fun of Tiny Tom Holland. Yeah. Okay. So in in that case, that's that's exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a Countess Elaine action figure. Benjamin, we've had a yeah. tweet from our good friend Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell. Oh, what a pal! And we he pointed out to us, Ben. Sorry, I'm not speaking into the mic anymore. Give me a second. He okay. he pointed out to us that after all our weeks and months of speculating that it would be Jerry Seinfeld, it turned out to be Elaine. It was Elaine the whole time. It was Elaine all along. We never put two and two together that they were from the same fictional universe. And apparently they are. Apparently they are. Um, Benjamin, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I maintain it was a good show. It was a very different show from Mm. WandaVision. Very, very different. And it's, it's, it's undoubtedly going to be a very different show from... Loki as well. Loki, I imagine, yeah. will be more like WandaVision in terms of twists and turns and universe uh, changing notions and ideas. Yeah. Whereas absolutely. this was, this was, two fellas aren't mates and they team up to become mates. Now they're a couple of bros. They're a couple of bros and they're mates and everyone's all right with Johnny Walker too. He's fine as well now. He's a good yeah, egg. Yeah, well, so that that's the bit that... Well, I don't disagree with your assessment of the show, right? That's a solid assessment of the show. Thank it's, you, Ben. It's a, it's a very good show. It's okay. a very competently made show, Ben. And I would stand by, overall, the Captain America, Bucky, Sam Wilson, the, the Captain America strand of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is still the strongest strand. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's fair enough. I think one of my favourite things about it, Michael, is that it borrows so heavily from the Winter Soldier universe established in Captain America 2. Um, And that's the espionage end of the Marvel Universe. Uh, What I didn't understand was the strange tone shifts in the final episode of (laughs) um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So what I mean by that is, it seems like it peaked completely by the middle of the episode, Yes, and and the tension all kind of fizzled out of it by the middle well, of the final episode. That was yeah, the, the new moon was quite long. Yeah, and then we had the wrap up and the wrap. I, I, you you pronounce French words much better than I do, Michael. So I'm going to let you say that one. But the the wrap up was 
just a little bit long in the tooth, Michael, and tonally all over the shop. Remember, Ben, it's a f- it's essentially a four and a half hour movie, and that's you, true. You find me a four and a half hour movie that doesn't have a twenty minute wrap up at the end. Ben, need I remind you of Lord of the Rings seventeen endings? <laughs> the famous seventeen endings of the Lord of the Rings. Those seventeen endings can go fuck themselves. They were terrible. Yeah. Um, what what it was essentially was a series of post credit scenes, and they had to pick one <laughs> to be the actual post credit scene. Benjamin, yeah. speaking of, wasn't big spoilers coming up, obviously, but wasn't Sharon Carter being revealed to be the power broker the biggest non twist in the history of twists? Oh my god, the, the, the most telegraphed <laughs> twist I've ever seen. Brilliant. The moment she set foot on screen, the whole world went, Sharon Carter is the power broker? You know, I watched an assessment of it. The episode in which she makes her first appearance is called The Power Broker. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just... I mean, she was obviously the power broker. She was 100% the power broker. All The um, whole time. The whole time like, she was the power broker. It was There was never any doubt. There's the part where she says, look, I kept you out of that Algerian prison. Very clearly Batrock, who was taken down in Tunisia. Like, there's a whole yeah. thing. Because, uh, uh, because I'm the power broker, you see. Because I'm the power broker and I've got connections, you see. In case it's not see. obvious, yeah. In case it's not obvious that I'm the power broker, everyone should know I'm the power broker. Me, Sharon Carter, a.k.a. the power broker. Also, shame on the Global Security Repatriation Council, who have learned nothing from the Hydra experience and said, oh, there's a position in your old job if you want it back, Sharon. We'll just give you your job back. And she was like, yeah. oh, cool. Sound, lads. Uh, no background checks on the five years that she was doing criminal dealings in, in Madripoor. We're not going to look for a conflict of interest there. Nah. Nah. Um, one of the things that shocked me the most, Michael, was the John Walker transition from dedicated soldier with PTSD to high school football player who says, I'm back. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Very but, strange. But he's had a psychological break, Ben. And if you remember, the whole thing about Captain America is the super soldier, the super soldier serum heightens whatever is wrong or right with you. Mm. So he had a little bit of PTSD when he took the serum. Yes. And now he's got way too much and he's got a bit mental. <laughs> now he's got a lot of PTSD. He's got much more PTSD. That's what they should have called this show. Much more PTSD. So, you know... Military, the, not great. <laughs> the only baddie thing he did was killing that man. Not great. Not great, Ben. But it was a battle between superpowered individuals who were using lethal force. True. It True. was a bit of an execution. He wouldn't be tried for murder murder for that, Ben, even if he did in the real world, because it was in the heat of, of passion. It was. So at worst, at worst, that was manslaughter. It certainly wasn't premeditated. No, no. It also wasn't a, a, a government-style assassination. The optics, Michael, as they say, at the Global Repatriation Council, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't great. Yeah, Blood it was on bad the shield. Opti- it was bad optics, Ben. But he ki- How many people has Iron Man killed? Oh, stacks. Stacks, stacks and stacks. Iron Man will throw a man out of an airplane without batting an eyelid. Not not even so much as a blink, Michael. No, not even so much zap as a, a blink. Hole. He'll zap a hole in so everything Iron Man does is lethal. There was also that amazing opening scene on the boat from Captain America Winter Soldier where he's just punting people around with his shield. Like when you stone get hit dead. by Captain America's shield in the neck, like you're not getting no. up. Yeah, no, you're stone dead. <laughs> Unless <laughs> the shield doesn't work like that that day. Um, <laughs> oh, today yeah. is a non-lethal shield day. Oh, I see. Like, how did Sam throw the shield at a tree 
and it bounced back and then he threw it at high high strength high like resistance glass and it broke it what not a bother what, what triggers whether um whether something blows up or not there's a plot armor button inside the that, shield that you flick on and off. that shield is much more magic than thor's hammer <laughs> but you know what i watched i watched uh tiktok and it was spider-man going you know that shield defies the laws of physics and cap just looks up at him and shrugs and then runs off yeah. back into the battle and you're like yeah, yeah it's whatever physics, you need it to be <laughs> also logic yeah oh you needed to bounce off things yeah it does that you needed to stick in things does that too whatever you want yeah there's one point where it lodges into a wall after John Walker gives it a chuck. Why didn't it bounce off the wall? <laughs> Why that didn't it bounce? No sen- That's the no greatest sense. sin of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Shoddy, that- bloody shield physics. So I actually like the idea of John Walker not being a flat-out villain. You like the redemption arc, Michael? I don't think he got fully redeemed. Because he never turned fully evil either. Nah, he didn't really, I suppose. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I think possibly the furore around John Walker is just how much he parallels modern American politics. It, yeah, you America. Know, figure it out. He's a little bit too close to the bone for a lot of people, I'd imagine. Um, well, I mean, the whole thing is summarised by Ben, the fact that this essentially was a six-episode TV series to hmm. justify having a black Captain America. Yeah, Just they had it. to do that, didn't they? <laughs> Come on, yeah. America. For God's sake. Um, but they did have to do it. And they oh, they scooped it on there at the end, didn't they? It's like, oh, oh yeah. that's the Black Falcon. That's Captain America. And I was like, all right, lads, we, get, we got the message. We got the ben, message. I am utterly convinced that this show was hacked to pieces because of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, utterly convinced. And I think it suffers for it. And I think that somewhere, somewhere, someday, we might see... Uh, like a script or a shooting script or maybe even some deleted scenes that makes the flag sh- smashers make sense. <laughs> make the flag smashers make sense. They just um, don't make sense. My good lady friend, Ben, I was watching it with her and after Carly Morgenthal was defeated, she just turned around and looked at me and said, what did she want again? Yeah, I, like, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. I that's don't. It. I don't know what she wanted. Um, On top of that, I... I had a discussion with a friend of mine and they, they're so annoyed by the depowering of the Winter Soldier um, in this show. Like, he's gone from the most efficient killing machine on the planet to, mm. quite frankly, a little bit incompetent at times as he goes well, through things. The thing about him is he could probably kill the shit out of you if that's what he was trying to do. Because he was mostly a sniper, Ben. Oh, that's, that's true. That's thing. That's, That's true. the thing that you forget about him. He was a sniper. And, like, if you got past sniping range, he'd shoot you. And then if you got past shooting range, he'd throw knives at you. And then if you got past throwing knives at you, he'd stab you. But now he's just fist-fighting people and trying to detain them. Yeah, so I guess he has to pull his punches. I had a, a look into this, and one of the things that seems to be fairly consistent is when... Uh, uh, I was about to say Sebastian Stan, when Bucky is at his most efficient, he's constantly using his left arm because the programming Mm. of the Winter Soldier is allowing him to think with the left arm. And he addresses it in the show. He says, I'm right-handed. I don't always think to use the left. The magic arm, yeah. The magic arm. 
which I'm sure defies the laws of physics in several ways as well, including including being made of vibranium and yet breaking when he's thrown into an object by John Walker. That annoyed me. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, Michael. But it's an interesting thing. The deprogramming of Bucky made him a less effective operator. Yeah, and, and so um, it should have. Yeah, he was I mean, a killer. Not he was a killer, not a superhero. He was an assassin. Yeah, not a, not a fireman. That one of my favorite moments in the whole episode is when he gets the people out of the truck and they they all thank him and he's like, "What? Yeah, yeah, not a not a bother, not a bother." Fine day for us. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, fine day for us. The last the last <laughs> bit of super heroics I did involved picking up a raccoon and spinning around with a machine gun. <laughs> Like, I'm not usually rescuing people from fiery trucks. <laughs> this is not my gig. Yeah. This is not my gig. Um, anyway, look, Ben, Loki in two weeks will be good. Uh, yeah, look, it was enjoyable. Um, Loki in two weeks? Isn't it? It's June 12th, is it not? Oh, is it? What's filling the gap for us? I don't know. I don't ben, know now that you me content every week. There is content every week, but I, I What's saw... What's next week then, Ben? I could be wrong. You I promised me. You promised me content every week, Benjamin. Benjamin. No, Marvel promised you content every week. Speaking of content every week, Benjamin, I watched a film. A, f- a film? I watched a film, Ben. I watched the film Mortal Kombat. Have you heard of it or seen it? I have. I have heard of it. I have not seen it. Benjamin, it's out. I tell you what, Ben, it's no use. Oh, no, Michael. You it's... were so excited for Mortal Kombat. I wasn't, I wasn't that excited, Ben. For one thing, I didn't even know it was coming out till about three weeks ago. Okay. But it is... It's... I would say... Okay, the graphics, Ben, are good. It has oh, good the graphics. the graphics are great. It has good... I'm using video game terminology, Ben. Uh, the graphics are very good, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one in it that I've ever seen before in my entire life. Well, we knew that from the trailer. I remember watching the trailer going, I recognise nobody. I wonder who any of these people are. Um, it is barely... Uh, well, it's a movie, that's for sure. Oh, that's good. It, yeah, it's a movie, Ben. The tone of it is all over the place. Okay. Uh, it starts with a kind of grounded thing about a past-his-prime MMA fighter who keeps going for $200 to feed his daughter. Cole and something. Cole Young, Ben. Cole Young is the most bizarre character of all time. Um, of all time? Of all time, Ben. As you know, Ben, I have no deep love of the Mortal Kombat mythos. Because it's all over the place. and Well, it's all over cre- the place for one thing. But <laughs> they've invented a character, I think. Now, there might be a character in Mortal Kombat 34 called Cole Young. Possibly. I think they've invented a character. They've invented a character, Ben, who is the genetic descendant of the original Scorpion. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's in the modern times, Ben, and the the villains of Outworld want to kill him off because he's one of the last champions of Earth. Okay. And you know you're a champion of Earth, Ben, in Mortal Kombat, in this Mortal Kombat, because you get a dragon mark on you. Okay. And you can get a dragon mark on you by defeating someone with a dragon mark in Mortal Kombat. So if you had it and I were to kill you, I would get it. Okay. You would do that rather effectively. What I'd want to know from that scenario, Michael, is how I got it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's the thing, Ben. I mean, there's so, the story. Did I run over th- a, a champion of Earth in my car by mistake? Exactly, Ben. <laughs> ben. Probably. Were you serving him in Subway sandwich restaurant and you accidentally poisoned him with salmonella and that's how you got the dragon mark? One day you sponsored by Subway. With a dragon mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, Ben. When you get the dragon mark, <laughs> that allows you to develop your arcana. Oh, God. I already And your hate arcana this. is your special move. Uh. So Kung Lao can do a fireball. Um, no, not Kung Lao. Is that Kung Lao? Yeah, let's uh, just say Kung Lao. Yeah, sure. Why not? He can do a fireball. Uh, the other Kung Lao, can, he has a magic hat and he can teleport. Very good. Um, you know, you know, you get your, that's how you get your special power. Yeah, okay. And Cole Young is the only one who was born with the special power. Oh. But he doesn't have it yet, Dan. He has to try and find it within himself and activate his special power. Boo. What's his special power? Spoilers. Well... That's the thing, right? So he finally develops his special power, Ben. And his special... he, You know, as I said, he was a past his prime MMA fighter and he gets beaten up a lot. So his power ends up being he has this magical armour within him that gives him Black Panther's power where he can take a load of beating and then use the energy back against his enemies. That's bullshit. It's bullshit, Ben. Who is he? Why didn't they just use Johnny Cage? That's really stupid. Why didn't they use Johnny Cage? He is a Mary Sue, Ben. In the worst sense of the word, that he and as I said, I do not care about Mortal Kombat mythology, and maybe this character does exist, but I never heard of him. I couldn't find him, and I was like, "Why are we following this guy? Let's follow Jax and Sonya Blade." Because <laughs> Amer- that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, Americans pronounce Sonya weirdly as well. I what do they say? I can't. Sonya. I can't oh, get, get over it, Ben. I can't get over Sonya. It upsets me so much. And as it should, that's a very upsetting way to say that name. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. It's very upsetting. Benjamin, there yes. are some good things, though. Oh, well, that's good. For example, Benjamin, in this, the... the well, you know what's weird, though? Just when he develops his power, Ben, when mm-hmm. Cole Young develops his power and gets his magic armor, he kills Goro. Oh, forearm Goro. Goro Foro. is killed. Yeah, good old Goro is killed. Foro. Yeah, Foro. absolutely annihilated. The the most probably the most iconic character from the series is killed by this new character when his powers first develop. Bullshit. If that if that isn't the definition of Mary Sue Ben, I don't know what is. <laughs> Bullshit. But um the main no villain Ben, the main villain is Sub-Zero. Okay. And Sub-Zero is used quite well in a kind of Terminator-esque sort of unstoppable evildoer way. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's probably the best aspect of the film is is, is Sub-Zero showing up, things getting frosty, then things getting icy, and then people getting killed by ice. And then he just disappears into the frosty shadows again. He's a quite a cool Terminator-esque villain. Okay, that's well, that's good. That's good. Is that his catchphrase? Things are about to get frosty. It should be. Ice to meet you. <laughs> Ice ben. to meet you. Oh, you that's set us Michael, up for later on. Michael, that's excellent. That's excellent. Chill out. Well done. Benjamin. Um everyone says their catchphrase. Scorpion <laughs> Ben in it is an ancient Japanese man. Okay. And the only three words of English he speaks are get over here. Why? Because that's Scorpion's famous catchphrase, Ben. 
So it's never explained. It's never explained why he can say that in English or why a, a Japanese man from a century ago has learned Classic. three words of English. It's bonkers. It's so dumb. Then the denouement, the final battle, takes place, you know, not in one of the terrifying realms of out world or, you know, not in a fiery hellscape, in a frozen MMA gym. Boo. Yeah, it's it's no use, man. That's it's bullshit, the, Michael. It's one of the dumbest movies I've seen in a very long time. And we see a lot of dumb movies, Michael. But, Ben, but it has the greatest cinematic contribution that Australia has ever made to world culture in Which the character is... of Kano. Oh. Kano is absolutely spectacularly brilliant. He is an unrepentant <laughs> asshole. And... It, it's like, it's like Ben watching, it's like they've accidentally put the wrong character into the film. He's in a totally different film and oh, he's awesome. totally aware that everything is stupid and bullshit and he is so much fun. And anytime he's on screen, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this. I'll watch this for six hours. <laughs> I will watch Kano the movie <laughs> before I, will watch I watch Kano Mortal the movie. Kombat bullshit. Yeah, I would watch Kano the movie over and over again. I'm going to go down after this podcast and watch the Kano scenes again. <laughs> because it's so fun. Ben, there's so much la- swearing in it. There's so much swearing. Even oh, they're the main edgy edgelords, Michael. Yeah, yeah, it's so edgy and dark. Um, mm. Even the main character's wife is constantly swearing. Not at Who her, has a wife? Like, yeah, Cole Young has a wife. Oh, for f- What's she uh, doing uh, there? She's having to get rescued all the time. And, and, um, but she's always swearing at her daughter. Not like swear. She's like, we got to get the fuck out of here before that fucking four-armed fucking monster comes back. And the 12-year-old is like, fuck yes, mom. Fuck yes. (laughs) Fuck yes, mom. Ben, Kano, Kano in it is like, have you ever seen the YouTube personality and podcaster Aussie Man? Yeah. Yeah, Imagine if Aussie, Imagine if Aussie Man was in the film Mortal Kombat, but at the, at the same time doing a commentary on it. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so good. Terrible film, worth it for Kano. Worth it for Kano. Okay, that's... Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. That's strong words. Michael, you you have indulged in your Whedon fetish once more, and you've gone and watched The Nevers. I did watch The Nevers, Ben. I, um, I thought it was quite good, to be honest with you. Okay. I, I actually quite liked it, and so did my lady friend. And she said, "That's actually quite good, isn't it?" Go I know. Um, thoughts there. I know no one likes Joss Whedon anymore because he's a big prick, but um, that's still quite good, though. It is full of Whedon tropes. Ben, there are a few yeah. you missed. Um, oh, go on. For example, Augie, um, the guy who turns out to be a be a never. He he's very much a Wesley Wyndham Price or a you know season one Giles. Yeah, he's true. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't. I've never. Oh, I, what? I don't know how to flirt. Like, yeah, Hugh Grant you know, he's, in a sci-fi yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a, a Whedon trope you missed. The kind of, I don't know how to pronounce this French word, Ben. Is it enjoin? Enjoin? Enjoin. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh-huh. The, you know, that's what Mary is, the one who can sing. Yeah. she She's more of your River Tam. You were saying okay. that, you know, you were saying that... Um, Maybe the Irish lady was River Tam, but she's yeah. not. She's more of your River Tam. She's the mysterious one who, you know, it's all going to revolve around. Okay. And she's red which is a Whedonism. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, yes. I absolutely loved Ben the uh, the reveal at the end of episode one that it was fucking aliens. I absolutely yeah. loved that, and that everyone instantly forgot except Mad Malady. That's straight out of uh, a kind of obscure, now much maligned series um, the of comics. Um, no, it's not that one. It's from a thing called Rising Stars that came out from Tokyo oh, yes. Comics back in That's the day. That's what it is. Um, and I, the second I saw that, and I didn't want to spoil it for you because last week you hadn't seen it, but the second I saw that, all I could think was, they've just taken this from J. Michael Stradzinitsky. I don't know how to say his name. Um, but that's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. It's a dying alien race imbuing a new planet with strange powers. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, mm, but I, mm. I, I did like the fact that everyone then instantly forgot and, um, and except Malady, I like that. That was good. That's what keeps it interesting. What did you think yeah. of the the theater scene, Michael? I, I don't really have any particularly strong feelings on it. Uh, yeah, no. Mad Mad Malady was obviously she's channeling a Drusilla or any of your yeah. other yeah. crazy Joss. She's a different type of crazy to Drusilla. She's much more manic than Drusilla. Yeah, she's whereas, actual crazy. <laughs> yeah, Drusilla was more reflective. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the fight, I, I thought the underwear that you mentioned last week was going to be a lot more revealing, but, I mean... It it's just was, some bloomers. It was petticoats and bloomers, yeah, it was all mm. it was all quite tame. I was surprised when there was boobies in it, to be honest. I don't think I've ever seen boobies in a Joss Whedon thing before. HBO, baby. Yeah, it's like... The B Joss stands Whedon, for you, something. <laughs> yeah, Joss Whedon, can you put some boobies in? And he was like, oh, well, I don't... You, I'm, you know, I'm actually quite, I'm actually quite intimidated by women, so I try <laughs> I to avoid. Like the female form. Yeah, I, I usually uh, try to avoid having boobies in things. And they're like, oh, right, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense, Josh. But we do have a contract here to fulfil where we have to have some boobies in this. Like, All right, if you insist. Mick, as long as I don't the, have to film, that is one of the best. Jokes you've ever had in this podcast. Oh, thank you. I don't thank know you why much. that tickled me so much, but I just thank really enjoy. I'm actually quite intimidated by women, and I don't think I'd like to empower them in any way. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. Um, uh, <laughs> do we have to have women in it? Like, Josh, you're always putting women in. Yes, but my, the women that I like. Now, look, I don't want to talk about it, um, <laughs> Benjamin. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. I actually thought it was quite good, and I'm going to watch the rest of it. And I'll probably a bit be a bit upset that it was cancelled. Because of its, the association with him, because I think it's actually a lot better than it's getting credit for. Has it already been cancelled? No, but I, okay. I don't think it'll yeah. last very long. I don't think it's going to make a big splash mm. because Fair. of the. It's been buried a little bit. Let's be honest. No, it has. It absolutely because has. It's the been dropped from a lot of promotions. Yeah. Um, I don't get the the stream of midweek teasers or teaser trailers that I get for other shows on YouTube at exactly, all. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, it's like a high-budget, high-quality production. I really like the Irish people in it. I love the fact that it's full of Irish and Scottish and English actors. Prudence Adair. <laughs> Prudence Adair, the names are brilliant. But I love the fact that Anne Skelly, the Dublin actress Anne Skelly, plays her. She's obviously been told to do a Victorian accent. A Victorian... What... English people imagined Irish people sounded yeah. like in the Victorian period. Yeah. But she kind of swings back and forth between that and sounding like us. And it's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I, think, I think she almost does it consciously as well, though. The the way that Victorian people think, she, you know, an Irish person would sound is what she does when she's in company. 
when she's yeah, in, yeah. It, do you know what I mean? And then when she's actually in a bit of a she's bind, like, she's just this, like, ah, this fuck, fucking thing is this fucking, is fucking yeah, shite. I'm going to yeah. go invent something. Um, and then off she goes. Um, yeah, I yeah, thought she was really good, though. I think I think in terms of production and actual casting, solid. I don't think yeah, there's yeah. anything. Again, far beyond anything I've ever seen in a Joss Whedon production in terms of quality. Um, 15 years, really, since a Joss Whedon production, though, Ben, yeah. so... I mean, Makes no, sense. you're you're spot on, Michael. You're spot on. Listen, Michael. Speaking of production quality, that's questionable at best. Yes, we've, uh, we've a topic this week, Michael. And Benjamin, the topic, <laughs> yeah, you absolute bastard, you. Here's what? what happens, right? A few weeks ago, we for some reason were talking about Batman or something, and I watched Batman <laughs> Forever. No, I watched Batman and Robin. We were talking about sidekicks, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, and you rambled on about Freud and tropes and fucking Nietzsche and whatever the hell you were talking about, and I <laughs> didn't get to talk about the film Batman and Robin, <laughs> despite the fact that I subjected myself to watching that bullshit. Mm. So this week's episode is is revolving entirely around us getting revenge on the fact that I had to watch a Joel Schumacher <laughs> film, laying into Joel, a brand new Laying-ing. segment. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to this week's episode, laying into the Joel Schumacher Batman films. So, Benjamin. Yeah. I watched 1994's much maligned Batman Forever. You poor, poor soul. Are you okay? I tell you what, Ben. I'm fine. I've recovered nicely. Um, Of the two, so we're talking about Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. Of the two, Batman Forever is a much better film. Correct. It is borderline, Ben, a coherent film. Correct. It is a borderline coherent film with a borderline coherent plot that, if you look at the behind the scenes stuff, was absolutely ruined by a combination of a director getting the wrong end of the stick about what made the Burton film so successful. Mm hmm. Casting decisions that were as much political as they were acting-based. Nicole Kidman. Well, I I mean, Jim Carrey is another one. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. And there's a whole thing. We can go into it if you want. But there's a whole I don't thing see why we wouldn't. We're laying well, into the Joel Schumacher films. <laughs> if you remember, Ben, Billy D. Williams was cast as um, Harvey Dent. In Batman. Well, he was going to be Two-Face, but yes. He was going to be Two-Face, and he signed on to a play-or-pay play contract, Ben. Okay. Um, to play Two-Face when he was eventually introduced into the series. And Joel Schumacher was so against that idea that they paid Billy D. Williams his full salary that he would have been paid to play Two-Face for him what? to not play Two-Face. It's because he's black. I I don't think so. I don't okay. think it was, to be honest. I think it was just they wanted a bigger name. Because Billy D. Williams is bloody huge. He's I mean, Tommy Lee Jones huge, is bigger. Yeah, same number of names. So maybe they thought they could just switch him out and no one would notice. Wasn't it Billy D. Jones? Billy, Billy Lee Jones? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee yes. Jones. Same number <laughs> of syllables. It. Same no, number of no, syllables. No, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit more in Billy D. Williams. Never mind. Oh, it is, yeah. Never Unless you mind. pronounce Jones, Jones. Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. One of the fourth Jones brother. Benjamin. 
But shut up for a second, Benji. You're on fire today, Michael. You're... <laughs> I, I know. It's, uh, I literally am on fire on my lower half. It's, uh, I'm sitting in a, the hell is the pits of hell. It's better than watching these films. Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, right, so they cast Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he cast Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, famously good actor, Tommy Lee Jones. Famously good. Have you ever seen him in some films, Ben? I have. I've seen him in the uh, three, the the burial of Valle- no, Anyway, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. No Country for All yeah. Men, uh, The yeah, Fugitive, yeah. Michael, one of my all-time yeah. favorite nineties thrillers. Where's Harrison Ford? Where's Harrison Ford? The yeah. less successful children's book. <laughs> um, he's brilliant. Tommy Lee Jones is brilliant. And then they brought him in to be brilliant, and yeah. then he played Jack Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, because he saw that and he was like, well, if Jack gets paid for it, I'll do it too. I highly, highly, highly doubt that that was Tommy Lee Jones' decision because Tommy Lee Jones mm. isn't a manic actor. But, uh, I mean, and we had a message this week. Was it from Nine Wassies? I think it was Nine Wassies, yeah. Saying Tommy Lee Jones was wasted just playing Jack Nicholson's Joker. But he he does just play Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like, he's he's about mm-hmm. chaos. He's got a gang of henchmen. He's um, he's got sexy sidekicks, and one of them's Drew Barrymore for some one reason. One of them is Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. How bizarre was, is that? Well, again, it was 1994. It was before Drew Barrymore's big comeback. Oh, okay. There was a big comeback. So Drew, Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's big comeback was I don't know whether it was Charlie's Angels or Never Been Kissed or, but it was before all of them. It was before she ah, okay. re-established herself. Okay. Um. But it has Tommy Lee Jones playing Jack Nicholson's Joker. He does the okay. body language. He does the laugh. He does the rationale. He has the yeah. gadgets. He's Joker. He He's is. Joker with a coin. He is. And there's a final scene, Ben, where um, Bruce Wayne, he, he, has, he has Batman at the end of the gun and he's going to shoot him. And Batman convinces Tommy Lee Jones, wait a second, you always... Not Tommy Lee, not the actor Tommy Lee Jones. The character Two Face. I thought it was Tommy Lee Jones. No, no, it's the character Two Face. He convinces the character Two Face. You always look at two sides of everything. Don't forget to flip your coin. And Tommy Lee Jones delivers one line in the entire film as stoic action dad Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, and he says, he says, "Thank you, Bruce. You've always been a good friend." And I think. Tommy Lee Jones probably filmed sections of this where the Harvey Dent side of him was a type of character you'd imagine Tommy Lee Jones to play. With a bit of pathos. Yes. And the Two-Face side was the mad kind of Joker-esque character. And then they just cut all the good stuff. And they either cut that concept or... It got lost in the script phase and there wasn't even much of it to cut. Like, it was never filmed. Mm. That's my reckoning on this. Mm. I think that's a pretty good reckoning. How many films, Michael, have been ruined by by oh, terrible non- decisions? fucking stop, Ben. Non-stop. But there are other mad casting decisions. Like, you have um, Nicole Kidman as Dr. Miranda, Dr. Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian, what a name. Which is a great name. It sounds like a bank. But... <laughs> I think it is a bank. <laughs> because there's a Poor Chase Bank old... in the States. Yeah, I know, yeah. Poor old Nicole Kidman, or young Nicole Kidman at this stage. Nicole Kidman, Ben, 
And let's not end up in horny jail here. But Nicole Kidman, she's a very sexy lady. She should be put in horny jail in that film, though. Oh, she's a fucking predator, Ben. She's an absolute fucking predator. She's like the Batman. Oh, Batman, come to my house at midnight and I'll be lying naked under the sheets. And then Batman shows up and she's lying naked in the sheets and she's like, no, go away. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? What is this? What the fuck? <laughs> What's going oh, on? Oh, very but strange. <laughs> Nicole Kidman, Ben, a very sexy lady and a very good actress, but she doesn't do the overt sexy and I'm doing sexy in inverted commas that yes. this character co- like she she just kind of keeps her mouth a bit open and goes oh, oh that man is so sexy that's uncomfortable Michael oh, stop doing uh, that <laughs> it made me uncomfortable the Nicole Kidman being sexy scenes made me uncomfortable because as I they should <laughs> yeah you don't cast Nicole Kidman for that role Nicole Kidman is is very good at being sexy, but not in that femme fatale kind of way. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it was half femme fatale, but she didn't do anything fatale. It's kind of born sexy yesterday trope, but with yeah, uh, it's hard to define that one. But you're right; it's it's kind of it's a bimbo sexy, I guess. It's weird. Yeah, it was weird. It's weird. And another thing about it, Ben, is the whole film was recut. So a lot of her scenes are out of order. (laughs) So the scene where Two-Face robs the bank was supposed to be like after she's already met Batman a couple of times. That wasn't meant to be her introduction, but that's irrelevant anyway. But everyone is a little bit miscast. Jim Carrey, just Jim Carrey's about the place. Which he isn't the worst part of that film, in fairness, but he's in a different film. Yeah, he's in a different film. He's in a Jim Carrey film. He's playing Dr. Robotnik. He's playing Liar Liar. He's playing... Yeah. Yeah. He's playing every Jim Carrey Ace Ventura, Gotham mm. Criminal. Yeah. The most egregious thing about uh, his character in this is that it's, it's, it's crap. Let's be honest. It's no use. It's weird. He already has the Riddler costume and Riddler minifigures around his house. Yeah. Like the... It, it seems to exist in a world where the Riddler as a character exists already and then he decides to adapt that. Anyway, the worst thing about it is that Jamie Foxx recreated it nearly 20 years later in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's the worst thing about that character. That you're watching it going, this didn't work in this camp nonsense film 20 years ago. Why, Why did, did they make Jamie Foxx do it? <laughs> That's a very good point. It's the same character. The great tragedy of at least the establishing motivation for the Riddler in that film is that could make a very good standalone Batman versus Riddler film. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. that idea of a manic stalker-esque, you know, obsessive puzzle master who's good at planning death traps and things like that. That could be fascinating. And the idea of a jilted genius and that kind of thing, that could have been great. And they spend 15 odd minutes on that and then... Yeah, yeah. They just yeah, put yeah. Jim Carrey in a leotard. Is he? Yeah, Jean Favreau is uh, Bruce Wayne's assistant. Did you notice? I no, didn't I didn't notice. notice. The, <laughs> I, didn't I didn't notice until the credits rolled by and I went, what? 1994 was weird, man. 1994 was a weird time, Ben. That's really out I of think... time in my scale, in my head as well. I'm like, why is Jon Favreau in a minor role? Surely he was in Swingers by then. And, like, no, I don't think so. I think deal. this might have even been before Swingers. Jon Favreau's done very well, hasn't he? Very well, yeah. He's a cook now. 
he's a cook now, but he also produces The Mandalorian and like gets to do a lot of the live action remakes for Disney and just gets whatever he wants. It's mad. Yeah, yeah he's done very well. He's very he's done very well, Ben, and he's in this bizarrely. But um, you know who's not miscast? Alfred Pennyworth. Old, old Val Kilmer is not yeah. miscast. Do you know what Val Kilmer is short for, Ben? Valerie Kilmer. People think it's Valerie Kilmer, but it's actually not short for Valerie. It's actually Val Kimberly. Are you taking the pistachio out of me? You are. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. I, I don't know what Val Kilmer is short for. That was a very poorly thought out joke that wasn't very funny. Benjamin. Sorry, right, you can edit I, it out, Michael. I don't think he's miscast at all. I think he's quite good. He's a decent enough Batman. He's he look for me. It's not Burton Batman. Burton Batman has a special place in my heart, but it's purely born out of nostalgia, Michael. Um, yes, he is an infinitely better Batman than the one that would succeed him. Um, George Clooney. We'll get onto that film in a second. He actually does dark, brooding, competent kind of sleuth and you know stoic foil to evil pretty well like he's yeah, good yeah, yeah. he's pretty he's good. good he's pretty good um the the problem with batman has always been at least in these films um and like i said i think a lot of the problem with this film is that joel schumacher got the wrong end of the stick about what made the the burton ones work and one of the things that made the burton ones work was that was having batman as the relative straight man to some mm. really wild villains. Mm-hmm. And this goes a step too far in that. Yeah. The it's it's that it's that same problem that plagued Spider-Man and um the Raimi films. When they start stuffing the villains in there, Michael, what happens is you get someone who's playing straight against one, you know, chaotic character. But then all of a sudden, they just get weighed under by over-the-top performances. Like, a Jack Nicholson, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jim Carrey in anything is a lot of energy to have on screen <laughs> at any one point. Do you know what I mean? And it just... Oh. And then there's the set design. Like, it's a it's a visual the assault. Set, the set design is absolutely atrocious, Ben. Gotham makes absolutely no sense. Gotham by night and Gotham by day are two entirely separate cities. Because Gotham by day is obviously like a real place yes. Gotham by Night is an awful 1990s computer generated nightmare yeah Baz Luhrmann's wet dream at one point like it's bizarre S- some of the nighttime scenes are dreadful like the first the introductory shot of Wayne Enterprises is just so cheap looking and so out of place yeah. it's, it's really really weird um, I don't think Chris Chris O'Donnell is bad in this <laughs> I think the the worst accusation you can make against Chris O'Donnell in this the worst accusation from the time is that they gave him an earring you know that was was a huge controversy because wearing an earring in one ear in the 90s Ben was considered gay oh a classic (laughs) yeah now you might be too young to remember that Ben no I do very much not I do I remember that it was it was a huge political move and which ear it was in was more or less gay as well so yeah, him wearing an earring at that time was a pretty big controversy, especially when the director was famously very openly gay <laughs> and there were lots of crotch and butt shots of men. There were a lot. The one thing you can say about it is it's not very exploitative towards women. It's more exploitative... I mean, Nicole Towards Kidman young men. Kind of, 
Nicole Kidman and uh, the two the two ladies are the only two three women in it. Um, and Nicole Kidman is trying her best to be sexy, but she's not as sexy as Val Kilmer's bottom or Chris O'Donnell's codpiece. No, that codpiece is the star of the show. Um, Absolutely. My, what was I saying there? The the most exploitative scene there, Michael, and that is the laundry scene where we get to see young kind of down on his look Chris O'Donnell stretch some laundry out for some reason. He's going to ruin those clothes. That's not that's how you dry clothes. clothes. That's not how you dry clothes. That's how you no, ruin thanks, clothes. Elf. I got it. And then we just get to see Chris O'Donnell kind of flex. I was really surprised there wasn't like steam rising up behind him in the room. The biggest, the biggest problem with Chris O'Donnell is he's too old. Like, he's way too old. He's yeah. He's he's put into the care of Bruce Wayne rather than being sent to an orphanage. Like this twenty-five-year-old man should be let do whatever he wants. He can go around if he wants. It's not an issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. leave him alone. He's a grown-ass man. He's not too broken up about his family dying, and he's a grown-ass man. Why does he have to live with Bruce Wayne? Because uh, it's, you know, plot. But, the, Michael, that, that brings us to the next film, Michael, because the introduction of Robin it. is then, it, it you know, it takes over the franchise. We get Batman and Robin following that. And, Michael, it's the worst Batman film I've ever seen. It's absolutely fucking dreadful Ben (laughs) like there's no redeeming quality to Batman and Robin and oh Ben sorry hold on what I was going to say there's one really standout redeeming shot in Batman Forever okay did you catch it I didn't I'm there's there's a shot where Batman is pursuing Two-Face okay and he he jumps off the side of a building Mm mm-hmm and the camera follows him down. Oh, and yeah. And it is the most incredible comic book depiction of Batman doing the famous Batman drop the off swoop. the side of a building. Physics defining, Ben. Like, it, physics defying. It doesn't make any <laughs> physics sense. Physics defining. Very realistic. Yeah. Um. Can you define <laughs> physics for me? Yes, please watch this. It's from Batman 1994's <laughs> Batman Returns. Click. Um, but it's an incredible shot. Uh, try and look it up. It's about two thirds of the way through the film. It's an amazing okay. shot of Batman jumping off a building and Batmaning down, and it's it's brilliant. I will look that up. I'm looking forward to that. So, Michael, that brings us to to quite frankly, as I've said, the worst Batman film I've ever seen. No good. No good. No whatsoever. Good. It's just no Banish good. Banish it, Ben. Banish Batman it to and the Robin. Bin. I think in between Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, I think what happened is Joel Schumacher somehow discovered the series from the 60s that he didn't know about. Um, somehow he had never seen the the 1966 Batman TV show. And he saw it in between and went, oh, I'll just do that this time. Okay, cool. I know you're doing hyperbole a little bit. I am. Because one of the most famous scenes in Batman Forever is when Robin climbs out of the sea and says, holy rusty holy metal, Batman. Metal. <laughs> and Batman says, what? And he says, this metal, it's rusted and full of holes, you know? Holy. Best, best line in the movie. Best line in the entire movie. <laughs> best, best line in the entire in movie. The, oh, although I do like, to be honest, he's a wacko. Wacko. Is that a technical term? <laughs> All right. Oh Val, Brilliant. oh Val, so straight faced. Got old, old Valerie Kilmer and um, Kilmer. 
But yeah, Batman and Robin seems to take everything that you've just described, Michael, and turn it up to 11 in the worst possible way. Um, who was a bigger star in the 90s? Tommy Lee Jones or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Get Arnold in. Uh, get Arnold in. Who was pretty high and mighty off the coattails of bloody Pulp Fiction? Bloody Uma Thurman. Let's get her in. Get her in there. Get her in there. Um, who? Just, who's a yes. perfect Batman? Who? Who embodies... Yeah, the spirit of a stoic, brooding, often charmless, (laughs) just pillar of fortitude and justice, George Clooney. From from ER. Do you remember ER? ER. Yeah, he was in ER. It's nothing about the worst choice. Everything, nothing about that film makes sense, Ben. Except everything about it makes sense if you take (laughs) the assumption that. What they felt worked about Batman, every single one of them becomes more cartoony. Yes. And at some stage then, what that means is that someone looked at every single one of them and said, what sold about this was the cartooniness. Take it up a notch. We want (laughs) cartooniness, we want celebrity baddies, and we want over-the-top action. That is exactly what happened. (laughs) Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And Ben, you know, in the toy collecting industry, there is a phrase, a much maligned phrase called to sell toys. We've talked about it on this podcast before. Okay. Famously, Ben, to sell toys was the reason that Optimus Prime was killed off in the 1986 Transformers movie. Yes, to sell toys. Yeah, because Optimus Prime's toy wasn't selling anymore, so they killed him off and replaced him with new characters with new toys. Yay, toys. And it becomes abundantly clear in these films that the first film sold a lot of toys and that be- a lot it shifted a lot of units ben i have several of them i have i, I have the do. original batmobile from batman yeah. forever and i had the boat they sold the boat the bat from boat, ben. the bat boat uh, i had a, a jim carrey head that you could yeah. open up and it was a little diorama of one of the scenes from the movies with Very little minifigures. I had a Val Kilmer head with a little mm-hmm. uh, with a little diorama inside it. I will take a picture of them and put them on the podcast Instagram. I little still have them. Little known fact, Ben. Little yeah. known fact. That Val Kilmer head that you have was actually the second choice to play Batman in Batman Forever. <laughs> <laughs> that's very good that's very yeah, yeah. good but it was only slightly more wooden than the actual Val Kilmer very good very good I, you got him you got him but Ben if you remember um, the Batwing in yeah. Batman the first Batman it's just cool. absolutely nailed that design mm-hmm. to the point that there should have never been any other designs that should just be what the Batwing looks like yeah it's good and I would argue the same for the Batmobile in that film yep it's good both absolutely incredible designs. In Sorry, is this from the original re- Batman? or for, From the yeah. original Batman. I have, Michael, and I will also put it on the podcast. Once upon a time, sorry, this is a segue into nothing, but it's toy related, so I think you'll enjoy it. Go on, go, um, on, go on. I have a Hot Wheels reproduction of the 1989 Batmobile that my brother brought me back from Manchester. It's in a special case. It's huge. It's like... The most... It's The great. most iconic... The most iconic Batmobile of all time, Ben. Great. There's no need for any other Batmobiles. There's no need for any other Batwings. The ones in Forever and Return... Not Returns. Forever and and Robin. (laughs) They look like veiny cocks, Ben. Let's be honest. (laughs) 
there's oh, throbbing, Joe. glowing, ridged, weird things. And they're not hideous. They're really not hideous. But they get introduced and blown up so quickly. The bat wing, yeah. the bat bike, the bat sco- snow sled, the bat hovercraft. And it's like, squeeze it in. We have to sell this toy. Squeeze it in. Have Batman attack by air and Robin attack by sea. Have Batman in the car, Robin in the snow sled and Batgirl on the bike. And blow them all up in 30 seconds if you want. Just and make there's sure the costume change. <laughs> and there's several costume changes. Make sure there's costume change. It's so clearly studio interference. And I'm not saying that Joel Schumacher isn't a lunatic because he clearly is. Yeah. He's so a bit it's tough. the combination of the two. Yeah. Oh, it's mad. Mad. Batgirl, Batgirl, Ben, is the most ridiculous character. She, if you remember in Batman Forever, Mm -hmm. Robin is highly skilled in combat and acrobatics. Did you just say Robin? Robin. (laughs) Reuben. Batman and Reuben. Batman and Reuben, his new uh, New York Jewish sidekick. (laughs) Oi, hey, Batman. (laughs) Um, I'm crime so fighting hi- here. Slapping. Yeah. Pretty good. He's uh, he's highly skilled and he f- discovers the Batman cave through ingenuity. Ooh. And then insists on being part of the team. And Puts Batman's his foot down. like, no, you'll put yourself in danger. I'm not doing it. I'm retiring. We're not doing it. And and Robin's like, I am doing it. Look at my codpiece. Alfred made me a codpiece. And Batman reluctantly accepts him. But then Batgirl shows up in the next film and, and he's just like, I guess there's three of us now. All righty then. George Clooney, terrible judge character. She's, she's no skills in combat whatsoever. And I've only ever seen her crash three motorbikes. But look, she's on the team now. <laughs> get get on in there. Get on oh. in there. Uh, uh, it's it's bizarre. I have... Bane is in that film, Michael, if you recall. Um, is he though? Is he then? Is he? I have speaking of again your toy your toy makers <laughs> dilemma I have yeah. I was see I was prime toy buying age at that time and my parents yeah, knew I liked been. Batman this, and this was aimed at you it was aimed at my parents it's not aimed yes. at it's it's not aimed at me at all it's it's targeted that oh look at all these Batman things for your little mm. bundle of joy who likes Batman and my parents fell for it hook line and sinker I have that ice thing the the silver ice toy I have it I have yeah. a weird Poison Ivy um, Mr. Freeze hybrid Bane where one half of his body is see-through blue plastic and the other mm. half of his body is filled in see-through kind of green vines and he's in uh, the middle. It's bizarre. That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's not in the film. No. It's, it's, no, it's insane. Um, so the the three villains are kind of interesting. Like Poison Ivy, Uma Thurman just hams it up. She's like, what's a femme fatale? Crank that up to 5,000. Have a bit of banter. I think she took more joy in playing nerdy Pamela Isley than she did in playing sexy Poison Ivy. Yeah, again, it's another case of... The the definition of sexy in these films is very strange. Very skewed. She is like a drag queen. So again, coming back to Joel Schumacher's kind of gay aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yeah, she's... She is a drag queen, essentially. Yeah, like, she is. She's a lady drag queen. Yeah, it's mad. Mad. And then Arnold Schwarzenegger is there. What film is he in, then? He's in sparkly blue body paint. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's truly bizarre. It's... And, I mean, they 
one of the one of the things you can say about these two films in particular is these are both post the animated series. Yeah. And I think you have to give Val Kilmer, at least, a good bit of credit. He plays Batman from the animated series, essentially. He's even doing a kind of Kevin Conroy voice. He is. Yeah. A little bit. Like he's, he's given socks. I think Val Kilmer is much maligned. I think Val Kilmer is actually... One of the problems is he's blonde. Yeah, it doesn't fit Batman, really, does it? He's too blonde and tanned. Yeah. He's like if Batman was a California surfer dude. No good. They should have just got Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yeah, he would have been good. But I think Val Kilmer does a fine job. To be Do you honest. know who doesn't? And George Clooney. It's George Clooney. It's absolutely <laughs> dreadful. It's it's the worst. It's it's genuinely like a parody. It 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 the whole it is. film is like a parody, and. It's it's very interesting to watch. My favorite of the four Ben is and always will be Returns. I think that's where mm. it they hit the nail on the head of having Batman be somewhat interesting, but having interesting villains, creepy, gross, and horrible. Gotham yeah. is a terrifying character in itself, and the others are all. Um, Batman nineteen eighty nine is a bit of a prototype for it, and the yeah. other two are misunderstood distillations of it yeah i mean that's what what better way to end this week's show michael what a what a what a summary um that's exactly what happened no use ben no No use no good get rid of them we did have a few uh viewer inputs and um we had daisy cosplay get in touch with us and she said that um they might be uh you know ridiculous over the top camp fests but i watched them as a kid and i loved them to bits um and I'd be inclined That's who they're to, aimed at then. <laughs> that's who they're aimed at. And I'm inclined to agree with that. We had the same from Gemma who got in touch with us and said they're awful, but I absolutely love them. Um, and I think a lot of people have a, a, a soft spot in their heart, especially for Forever. Uh, maybe less so Batman and Robin, but it's certainly yeah. for Forever, it's a huge kind of um, soft spot for people because they were aimed at kids and they, I suppose they did that. Mind you, looking at some of the subtext now, would not show them to my kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I a lot of penises if, um, in those films. <laughs> a lot of penises, and I don't know if, uh, like, if you had a daughter, I don't know if Doctor Chase Meridian is a good um, <laughs> is a good role model. Every every father's nightmare. I want to grow up like that. No, you don't. <laughs> no, uh, you don't. She Ben, she was thirsty before that phrase existed. <laughs> That's exactly p- proto thirst. Proto thirst. Yep, yep. um, so yeah, they're, they're. I didn't hate. Go on. I didn't hate um, forever, Ben, and. I was, how old was I? I was 12 when Forever came out. Okay. So I was, you know, I was in the target market for Forever. And for Batman Forever, Ben, influenced me in many, many ways. It, two of my very favourite songs of all time are on the soundtrack of <laughs> Batman Forever. And neither of them are actually great. Well, come on, Kiss from a Kiss Rose. Kiss from a Rose. Come on, get out of here. Time. Get out of but here. Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me from U2 was probably yeah. my favourite song for 10 years, Ben. That's mad. That's Yeah, yeah. We we will be posting uh, a TikTok later on this week to Michael lip syncing uh, to Hold Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me Through. I me. won't be lip syncing, man. I'll be fucking singing it. <laughs> Benjamin, I think um, I think as well that as much as we've been laying into Nicole Kidman's Doctor Chase Meridian, she's the reason why I'm only attracted to women who can't close their mouths. <laughs> and on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what do we miss from ben, Batman I'm doing a Forever? Sexy face for you. And Batman, it's very uncomfortable for me, Michael. I don't like it. Please stop. 
Please stop. I do not need that in my life. I got a screenshot okay, of it now, and that's going up on the Instagram, Michael. So okay, you can I'll enjoy stop, that. Um, so, what did we miss about uh, these films? Are they beloved? Are they wretched? Should they be put in a pit and burned? Um, let us know. You can get in touch with us in the following ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com. S e o m r a b e a g dot com. It means tiny room in Irish. It does. You can also find us on Instagram at shomrabeug. S e o m r a b e a g. You usually say same spelling and then I say same meaning. But look, you just like throwing me curveballs. You're like Joel no, Schumacher. You just keep fucking just recasting keep, me. Let's, let's see what sticks and then throw stuff at the wall. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be back in a week's time with our episode on. I didn't check the calendar again because I'm a terrible Oh, co-host. God damn it, Ben. I'll check the calendar now. What is it? I have no idea. What date is today? Cold War Comics. Cold War Comics because bloody Black Widow was supposed to be out. Ah, all right. Well, we'll change that. We might change that one. God damn it, Disney! God damn it. Um, Well, Ben, the following week that we had was the best Black Ops characters or movies. Oh yeah, let's do that then. That's kind of cool. Let's do that. Um, So we're looking at your Suicide Squad. Oh, goodbye now. Hold me. I can't remember how it goes. Kiss me. Kill me. 